0: This is the Bible in one year day 95. One thing is needed. I first encountered Jesus in a personal way in 1974. Soon afterwards I heard a talk and all these years later I still remember it. It was given by an 80-year-old man. The title was The 5 One Things. His talk highlighted five significant occurrences of the expression one thing in the Bible. Each one speaks about our priorities. One of those five occurrences is in our New Testament passage for today. I have great empathy with Martha. Jesus said to her, you are worried and upset about many things. There are so many things in life, but Jesus says only one thing is needed. It was Mary who had her priorities right. From Psalm 41.
1: All my enemies whisper together against me. They imagine the worst for me, saying, A vile disease has afflicted him. He will never get up from the place where he lies. Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. But may you have mercy on me, Lord. Raise me up that I may repay them. I know that you are pleased with me for my enemy does not triumph over me. Because of my integrity you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and Amen.
0: The Priority of His Presence You can know God's presence and His pleasure in the midst of all the challenges of life. David had his worries and distractions. He had his enemies, and like Jesus he says, Even my close friend, whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Be confident, as David was, in the ultimate triumph of good over evil. Know that God is pleased with you. David's overwhelming desire is that God would set him in his presence. Make this your highest priority. This is what you were created for. The presence of God satisfies your deepest need. Father, help me today to enjoy your pleasure and your presence in the midst of all the challenges and difficulties of life. New Testament, Luke 10 and 11 On one occasion,
1: an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. when he came to the place and saw him passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return... I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. and it will not be taken away from her. Luke chapter 11 One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation.
0: The Priorities of Jesus What are your priorities? Is time with Jesus something you try and squeeze into your busy schedule? Or do you schedule your relationship with him as your number one priority? A learned theologian and lawyer asks Jesus, a layman, the billion-dollar question about the way to eternal life. Jesus gives us a model way to respond, and one we try to follow in small group discussions on Alpha. In effect, Jesus asks the question, What do you think? The lawyer gives the correct answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. This should be your highest priority. Your next priority is to love your neighbor as yourself. The lawyer then asks a question which shows he's looking for a loophole. He wants to make neighbor a term of limited liability, family, friends, relatives, members of the same people and religious community. Jesus responds with a story about injustice. A man was traveling on a notoriously dangerous road, 17 miles long with a 3,000-foot descent from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was carrying goods and valuables. He became a victim of injustice. He was robbed, stripped, beaten, and left for dead. The religious leaders came along. First, the priest, who had probably just been running the services in the temple in Jerusalem, and then the Levite, the assistant responsible for the liturgy and music. Both saw the victim, but neither of them. Stopped. There are at least three possible reasons why they and we don't get involved. First, we're too busy. Possibly they were in a hurry. They didn't want to get involved in a time consuming activity. Second, we don't want to pollute ourselves. Touching a dead body would have made them unclean for seven days. They would have not been able to enter the temple during this period. They might have lost their turn of duty at the temple. Third, We don't want to take a risk. Obviously there were robbers around. This could have been a decoy for a possible ambush. The audience listening to Jesus would have been shocked by the eventual hero of the story. Jesus chooses their least favorite person. The Samaritans were a race despised by Jews socially, politically and religiously. This is a story about a person of a different race and religion, having compassion. The Samaritan provided practical help. It cost him time, energy, and money. The story Jesus told shows that the lawyer asked the wrong question. The right question is not, who is my neighbor, but to whom can I be a neighbor? Jesus teaches the absolute and unlimited nature of the duty of love. Jesus came to destroy all the barriers. The whole human race is our neighbor. Queen Elizabeth II said in one of her Christmas Day messages, For me, as a Christian, when Jesus answers the question, Who is my neighbor? The implication drawn by Jesus is clear. Everyone is our neighbor, no matter what race, creed or color. He passed by on the other side is such an evocative expression. There are so many hurting people around us. Once you've seen, don't be like the priest and the Levite in Jesus' parable and pass by on the other side. The Samaritan took pity. As Jackie Pullinger points out, he put the man on his own donkey, not the church's donkey. He took care of him and he gave his money. Jesus says at the end of this story, go and do likewise. Draw near to people who are in need, get involved and help them. You are never more like God than when you are helping hurting people, lifting up the fallen and restoring the broken. Try to make this a high priority in your life. Yet the next story shows that your ability to do this stems from an even higher priority. Mary had her priorities right. She sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. She realized that although... There were many distractions and worries about. There was nothing more important than simply sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. This should be your number one priority. Martha was too busy to take time to enjoy her friendship with Jesus when he came to her home. Not spending time with Jesus is the biggest mistake you can make in your spiritual life. Nobody on their deathbed ever said, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Many regret not spending more time on their most important relationships. It's probably no accident that the next story Luke tells is about Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. We see Jesus himself modeling the importance of spending time with God in prayer and the interest that sparks in his disciples. That is then the context for him to teach them the Lord's Prayer. The prayer starts with extraordinary intimacy with God as you're encouraged to call him Father. But a relationship with God should impact the rest of your life as well. Pray for daily provision. Pray your kingdom come. And think of the sins you need to forgive in others and be forgiven in yourself. There are many different ways to develop a relationship with Jesus. Whatever way you do it, it needs to be your number one priority. Lord, help me to enjoy your presence. May I have the love and courage to lift up the fallen, restore the broken, and help hurting people. Old Testament from Deuteronomy, chapters 2-4 to four.
1: Set out now and cross the Arnon Gorge. See, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his country begin to take possession of it and engage him in battle. This very day I will begin to put the terror and fear of you on all the nations under heaven. They will hear reports of you and will tremble and be in anguish because of you. From the desert of Kedemoth, I sent messengers to Sihon, king of Hezbon, offering peace and saying, Let us pass through your country. We will stay on the main road, we will not turn aside to the right or to the left. Sell us food to eat and water to drink, for their price in silver. Only let us pass through on foot, as the descendants of Esau who live in Seir and the Moabites who live in Ar did for us, until we cross the Jordan into the land the Lord our God is giving us. But Sihon, king of Heshbon, refused to let us pass through. For the Lord your God had made his spirit stubborn and his heart obstinate in order to give him into your hands, as he has now done. The Lord said to me, See, I have begun to deliver Sihon and his country over to you. Now begin to conquer and possess his land. When Sihon and all his army came out to meet us in battle at Jehaz, the Lord our God delivered him over to us, and we struck him down, together with his sons and his whole army. At that time we took all his towns and completely destroyed them, men, women, and children. We left no survivors. But the livestock and the plunder from the towns we had captured we carried off for ourselves. From Aroa on the rim of the Arnon Gorge, and from the town in the gorge, even as far as Gilead, not one town was too strong for us the Lord our God gave us all of them. But in accordance with the command of the Lord our God, you did not encroach on any of the land of the Amorites, neither the land along the course of the Jabbok, nor that around the towns in the hills. Deuteronomy chapter 3 Next we turned and went up along the road towards Beshan and Og, king of Bashan, with his whole army marched out to meet us in battle at Edrei. The Lord said to me, Do not be afraid of him, for I have delivered him into your hands, along with his whole army and his land. Do to him what you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon." So the Lord our God also gave into our hands Og, king of Bashan, and all his army. We struck them down, leaving no survivors. At that time, we took all his cities. There was not one of the sixty cities that we did not take from them, the whole region of Agob, Og's kingdom in Bashan. All these cities were fortified with high walls and with gates and bars, and there were also a great many unwalled villages. We completely destroyed them as we had done with Sihon, king of Hezbon, destroying every city, men, women, and children. But all the livestock and the plunder from their cities we carried off for ourselves. So at that time, we took from these two kings of the Amorites the territory east of the Jordan, from the Arnon Gorge as far as Mount Hermon. Hermon is called Sirion by the Sidonians, the Amorites call it Sinéa. We took all the towns on the plateau and all Gilead and all Bashan as far as Salika and Edrei, towns of Og's kingdom in Bashan. Og, king of Bashan, was the last of the Rephaites. His bed was decorated with iron and was more than nine cubits long and four cubits wide. It is still in Rabah of the Ammonites. Of the land that we took over at that time, I gave the Reubenites and the Gadites, the territory north of Reroa, by the Arnon Gorge, including half the hill country of Gilead, together with its towns. The rest of Gilead, and also all of Bashan, the kingdom of Og, I gave to the half-tribe of Manasseh. The whole region of Argob in Bashan used to be known as a land of the Rephaites. Jaya, a descendant of Manasseh, took the whole region of Argob as far as the border of the Geshurites and the Meakathites. It was named after him, so that to this day Bashan is called Havoth-Jeah. And I gave Gilead to Machir, but to the Reubenites and the Gadites I gave the territory extending from Gilead down to the Arnon Gorge, the middle of the gorge being the border, and out to the river Jabbok, which is the border of the Ammonites. Its western border was the Jordan, in the Arabah, from Kinnereth to the Sea of the Arabah, that is, the Dead Sea, below the slopes of Pisgah. I commanded you at that time. The Lord your God has given you this land to take possession of it. But all your able-bodied men, armed for battle, must cross over ahead of the other Israelites. However, your wives, your children, and your livestock, I know you have much livestock, may stay in the towns I have given you until the Lord gives rest to your fellow Israelites as he has to you, and they too have taken over the land that the Lord your God is giving them across the Jordan. After that, each of you may go back to the possession I have given you. At that time, I commanded Joshua, You have seen with your own eyes all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. The Lord will do the same to all the kingdoms over there where you are going. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. At that time I pleaded with the Lord. Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan that fine hill country in Lebanon. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. That is enough, the Lord said. Do not speak to me any more about this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and look west and north and south and east. Look at the land with your own eyes, since you are not going to cross this Jordan. But commission Joshua, and encourage and strengthen him, for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. So we stayed in the valley near Beth Peor. Deuteronomy chapter 4 Now, Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them, so that you may live, and may go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Pale. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Pale. But all of you who held fast to the Lord your God, are still alive today. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them, the way the Lord our God is near us, whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely, so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words, so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while it blazed with fire to the very heavens with black clouds and deep darkness then the Lord spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sounds of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. He declared to you his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to follow, and then wrote them on two stone tablets. And the Lord directed me at that time to teach you the decrees and laws you are to follow in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess.
0: The priority of relationship. Moses recorded how God had given them the land and had also given them the commands. Yet the greatest privilege for the people of God is not the land or the law, but the love of God. The Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. Furthermore, there seems to be an intentional connection between the way God's people were instructed to live and the impact they would have on the other nations. God intended them to be a highly visible example, both to the nature of the God they worshipped and as to the quality of social justice embodied in their community. In other words, following the example of the Good Samaritan has an evangelistic consequence. The law is an expression of God's love and desire to be close to his people. That is why they are urged: Watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. The law was given in the context of the covenant. It starts with God's commitment to us and his love for us. Likewise, the new covenant starts with God's commitment through the death and resurrection of Jesus and through God's love being poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit. You have permanent access to the presence of God. Father, help me to stay close to you, to live in your presence sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing your words, and going out and acting on them. Pepper adds, Looking at Luke 10 verse 38, I can sympathise with both Mary and Martha. I know the feeling of tearing around trying to prepare something, while people are sitting around being spiritual, and doing nothing when there's still masses to be done but I also have experienced the times when I've been the one seated while others have been running around working hard. Both sitting at the feet of Jesus and practical serving are necessary in life, but sitting at Jesus' feet is better by far.